Hello, everyone, and welcome to Joe's Tango Podcast, where we have engaging, eye-opening conversations with all kinds of fascinating tango professionals. I'm your host, Joe Yang. Thanks for tuning in. If you're a new listener, welcome. Glad you're here and have a listen to our previous episodes. You will definitely hear some interesting stories and learn some good stuff. And really quick before we start, if there is a product or service that you've created, whether it's a milonga or some dance clothing, dance shoes, a festival, or anything at all that's designed to help dancers, and you're looking for a promotional avenue, let me know. Using this platform, I want to help you get the word out. You see, I'm accepting sponsors, and as of now, the rates are really good, so feel free to send an email to joe at healthytango.com for more information. Once again, that's joe at healthytango.com. Okay, my guests today are based in beautiful San Antonio, Texas. They have taught and performed all over South and Central Texas, and they have traveled internationally to study with a number of renowned tango masters. They're known for their extensive knowledge of tango technique and emphasis on fundamentals. And with me now are Angela Avila and Roy Montejano. Thank you both so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. It's, uh, it's great to be talking to you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, San Antonio, it's been, I was there once uh, quite some time ago, and I, I really miss Texas. So I'm, I'm overdue for a visit. So hopefully soon when all this pandemic craziness is over, I'll be able to come and uh, visit you in person because it's uh, yes, a Yes, that would be lovely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So uh, we'll start with ladies first. Uh, uh, Angela, how, how did you fall in love with tango? Oh my goodness, I fell in love with tango over 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. I was reading an article in the Wall Street Journal mm-hmm. and they were talking about how Argentine tango is becoming very popular in New York. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, it's always five years, Texas is always five years behind. So I need to find how I can learn the Argentine tango. So when it becomes popular in Texas, I already know how to do it. Nice. So that was my journey into the tango world. Mm, nice. Roy, how about you? Oh, I fell in love with tango because what I admired about it is when I got introduced to it, it was like a small community. Mm-hmm. People that you got to know, you could know them well, you could know them casually and you'd be welcomed and you could dance with everybody. You were able to different people mm-hmm. and that was it. Then you'd go your merry way. So there's always somewhere to go after work or in between work or mm-hmm. on a weekend. And everyone was usually pretty friendly and open. So that's, yeah. that's what made me fall in love with yeah. it. What was your first lesson like, Roy? First lesson was kind of weird. It was a net girlfriend said, let's go to this tango lesson. <laughs> Area. And it was, I think it was some dance instructor guy. They didn't really know much about tango. Mm. He used the old T-A-N-G-O. Uh-huh. Of course, it was going Salida to the Cross. And the girlfriend and I tried it. It didn't go real well. It was, it was kind of generic, but it was okay. Okay. Angela, okay. okay, how about you? What was your first lesson like? For me, it was I went to this uh, club where they were teaching Argentine tango, this Italian guy. And he was talking about how tango it is, about feeling and following the emotions and being connected. And I'm really paying attention. It's like connection, okay, passion, okay. And then everybody's standing right around him. And he said, let me demonstrate. And I'm going, okay, he's going to demonstrate. 
I'm paying attention. And he pulls me out of the line. And then he tells me, close your eyes. And I'm going, what? Close your eyes. I close my eyes. Don't ask me what I did. But apparently I did something. Because he said, yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> how you do it. I have no idea what I did. But there you go. That was my journey. Yeah. So what, yeah. So what made you want to stick with it? What was about the dance that really grabbed you? from the beginning? The first, uh, the beauty of it. Mm -hmm. Second, the challenge. Mm -hmm. It is a very challenging dance. You're always learning something new. You never stop growing. You're still trying to, 20 years later, I'm still trying to work on things, mm -hmm. on step, on techniques. I'm always evolving. So, it was the challenge. Yeah. Roy, how about you? What made you want to stick with it? I know you said your first lesson was a little weird and awkward, but somehow, lucky for us, you, you kept up with it. It was a community thing. Okay. Um, there's, there's women there. There's music. There's people. Usually it was in some kind of restaurant or bar, so there's refreshments. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the music, I listened to it. I didn't quite get it. I was like, okay, it's music. <laughs> it was, again, just being around people. They would say hello. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not... It was not like you were looking for a girlfriend or anything, or anybody right. was looking for a boyfriend. It was just people that hang out together and share something. It was interesting. It was different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like what you said about there being, you know, being the in a particular location, like a like a restaurant or a bar, where you know it's you're not it's not quite as pressure filled as they say an actual dance studio where it's just the dance floor and the chairs and there's nowhere nowhere to run really. So right. yeah, yeah, I think right. that, that's what. Um, I think a lot of people identify with that, yeah. So first, Malanga, speaking of uh, social situations, what was your first Malanga like, Angela? Uh, fun. It was a lot of fun. I danced a lot, mm -hmm. uh, but um, I, re I remember dancing a lot, mm -hmm. whether I was doing it correctly or not, because I was just a beginner. Uh, I don't know, but it was fun. I really, really enjoyed it, and it mm -hmm. kept me coming back yeah. for yeah. more. Nice. So, yes, that was my first. Roy, how about your first Milonga? Well, for me, it was a challenge because I'm introverted to begin with, mm -hmm. and I get embarrassed a little bit easily, and I didn't really want to be out there. Mm -hmm. so I had to challenge myself. I said, okay, I'll, my first step is I'll go to the Milonga. Mm -hmm. That's my first step. An hour drive, I get there, I walk in, I'm like, okay, that's my first step. I'm here. Yeah. If I don't dance and I go home, I got the first step. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, a lady there saw me and she says, you're new here. And I said, uh, yeah, so I am. She goes, do you like to dance? I said, okay. So I danced, I think I danced a tanda with her. And I said, okay, that went well. Mission accomplished. I got in my car and I went home. Nice. And I took one more step than I had planned to. But that's what broke the ice for me. And it was it was good. It was, it was comfortable. The, the lady was really nice. And, and she made it easy. She didn't complain about anything. Mm -hmm. She was very good. Mm -hmm. uh, receptive and patient so nice. Nice. nice yeah yeah i i totally sympathize with you Roy. I, i'm actually very introverted myself and so it's been kind of challenging to do this podcast in some <laughs> ways to kind of call up strangers want to talk to me but yeah i really like you know like what you said when someone comes up to you and says are you new here that that helped me as well and i think that you know when you talk about communities and i'm sure you're talking you know when you're really open and welcoming to your students and you say hey you see someone new you you be nice to them, you know, bring them in, say, hey, you knew that, that, 
initial reaching out to people is that that definitely goes goes a long way which is which is great very true very very true yeah yeah so as uh, as you're learning i'm of course we're all still learning like is this is a never-ending um uh, journey of, of learning but early on what was some really good or some memorable advice that you that you got from some of your teachers that really still resonates with you today for me when i started bringing more the tango in san antonio i started doing mini workshops mm-hmm. so i was i guess i was starting to also be an organizer but you know i was just going as doing it as i was learning mm-hmm. except one dancer that i brought for the weekend to teach and he literally sat down with me and he said okay i'm gonna show you and i'm gonna teach you what is to be an organizer a good organizer what to look for what not to look for i just want you to understand the field that you're going to start doing as an organizer and he literally sat down with me at the table and did not let didn't leave until he knew i got the concept mm-hmm. so that was one of my most memorable moments for tango for me nice so just sat you down and said this is this is what you well it also has to do with out of the people that i have brought in the past no one took the care or uh, the care to show me angela look let me show you Mm -hmm. the compassion Mm -hmm. and to say let me sit down and show you how this industry works nobody Mm -hmm. did except this person okay and well, yeah. go ahead. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say, what, what sort of were there any say surprises from that conversation that were really wow, like light bulb moments that uh, that he what gave was me. it? Was yeah. What were some? Else? What were some? I guess some points that he made that really opened your eyes. Like, oh, that's a great idea. I should. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do that. Well, first that he's taking the time to do it. Yeah. That was one, mm-hmm. and that he was willing to show me mm-hmm. you know maybe some other teachers that have come in the past or they travel don't want to share that mm-hmm. and but he took the time to share it with me a lot of material i mean okay. we stay until four o'clock in the morning going through this whole thing wow. you know a lot to learn a lot of moving pieces that i was not aware when you become an organizer mm-hmm. um so there were many 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 pieces okay and um and actually you have interviewed that dancer okay can you say who it is or of course of course very i'm very proud it's tomas howling oh yes tomas wonderful and guy. actually he was my my first instructor oh, one of my yeah. first teachers yeah really really warm guy yeah, yes, he is. He's an awesome guy. Yeah. yeah. He was one of my first teachers. So a lot of technique that I teach, it comes from him. Nice. So yes. Nice. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. so Roy, same question to you. What was some really good advice that you that you received earlier in your tango journey that you still carry with you today? For me, it's more related to the dance and more more basic. And he's a friend of ours and he was teaching a class. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, have you ever thought about when you're dancing to do pauses? And I said, what do you mean pause? He goes, yeah, just pause. 
doesn't cost you anything. It's easy. You pause. I said, yeah, but I don't see anybody pausing. Everybody's moving. He goes, try it. I said, all right. So I wouldn't tell me longer, and I thought, that guy's crazy. I'm not going to pause. Everybody's moving. I'm going to stop. I mean, not really a stop, stop. But I said, let's give it a shot. So mm-hmm. I picked some pauses, did it through the whole time. Done. At the end of the time, the lady I was dancing with, the girl, she goes, oh, my God. I said, what? <laughs> she goes, those pauses. <laughs> pauses. They're wonderful. I said, oh, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And I use them all the time, and I teach it. It gives you time to kind of think, mm-hmm. you know, back down a little bit, take a breath. But if you use it just right, it can be really dramatic. And it, it makes a big difference. I've, I've learned over the years. Yeah. So that was one of the, the better ones. And then I got another one from a, one instructor that he was teaching class. He goes, you know, when you dance, if early in the night, towards the end of the day, especially as an instructor, you always got to be in your best form. If you're in your best form at the beginning of the milonga, you got to be at your best form at the end. You can't because they're watching you. Mm-hmm. Students are watching you. You may not think they are, but they're watching you. So in that aspect, those are two of the main things that I remember. Okay. Yeah. Good stuff. And the, yeah, the pausing, I love that because... Yeah, I, I used to dance like I was talking without taking a breath. And then, like you said, that pausing is, is wonderful. And, and the great thing about tango is that it affords you that opportunity to really pause. Yeah. I mean, you can't really do it quite as much in salsa, for instance. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it probably wouldn't work. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's yeah. true. So pausing, good, good. Yeah. Okay, so what were some bad habits you used to have and how did you get over them? I need to think about that one. I, I think some of the bad habits that maybe I used to have is I moved a little too quick on the dancing. And I think sometimes you try to do steps that are too complicated, maybe. Uh, and especially when you watch a lot of these videos, most of those videos are performance videos. Yeah. That you see instructors doing great. That's fantastic. They got the whole floor. But when you're dancing socially, you don't have the whole floor. And I think... Um, one of the other bad habits, I was not real good about practicing like I should have. Mm. And just practicing technique and form. So being involved with Angela's made a big difference. Because, you know, she's a little, she's kind of hard about it, you know. And like, no, this, no, that. And I'd be like, no, you, you don't know what you're talking about. And no. But <laughs> I've learned to practice better with her. The practice has been a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh, God. Oh, wow. Bad habits. She doesn't have any bad habits. No, I do. I just can't remember. <laughs> no, you don't have any bad habits. <laughs> I don't remember, to be honest you. with you. I, you. Wow. I, I don't know. I know. You're always right. Oh, there you go. There's one right there. Maybe. You got it right That's there. That's the only one. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because, like I said, it's just a, a constant journey of these adjustments and learning. Yeah, so how did you both start teaching? Can you tell us about that journey? I first started teaching not because I wanted to teach. Uh, the reason why I ended up teaching was because, like I said early in the program, is, oh, now time is starting to be noticeable here in Texas. So we was a group of us, it was four of us. And so we would learn a step and we would get together and practice. And then we would go to different places where they played Spanish music mm-hmm. and go, oh, that's a tango. And then we would go and dance on the dance floor. Well, people start noticing us that we were doing something different. And they would ask us, what is it? And says, Argentine tango, oh, can you teach us? 
So then we would learn a step, we practice, and then we would go and teach it to the people that wanted us to teach them. So that's how we end up, or I end up teaching tango because of that. I was learning at the same time I was teaching. Yeah. I didn't know her when she started teaching. I didn't meet her till about four or five years later. Okay. And I didn't start teaching till I started after we got married. And I started helping her teach. Okay. That's what got, that's what got me into teaching is helping her. Mm-hmm. And you know, I would help her. And I was introverted, so she led, and I just did whatever. But then <laughs> she got uh, she she had a minor injury about a year ago. I had to take over. Yeah. And it was okay because by that time I never had enough exposure, so mm-hmm. I had to kind of all right. And it was it was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where I started is is helping her out, being her assistant basically. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's fun to hear about how how things start because uh, you know so much in tango moves organically. You know, like you said, we don't really plan on on teaching or or whatnot. But then there you go. People come up to you. How do you do that? And then you, before you know it, you're a teacher. Right. That's true. That's very true. Yes, as you know, we, we, we learn not just from teachers and masters. Uh, we also learn from our fellow students. So uh, just kind of a question about how, you know, about maybe advice you give to your students, but, or perhaps other people who are more experienced who might be listening. Um, in your opinion, what's a good way for, uh, for more experienced dancers to help the beginners? Well, what I've done in the past is when I go to a practical that I would go to on a regular basis, and I saw some female that was a a beginner mm-hmm. and as you well know a lot of times beginners don't get asked very much and it's difficult and i understand and i understand other people go for different reasons so i get that but i would take some time out of that whole practice to do spend with beginners and just tell them okay they tell me i'm a beginner so it's okay mm-hmm. and i would just keep it simple i would just walk try to get in time with her and walk and she'd make a mistake and i said that's okay no problem don't worry about it and just keep going just keep going and she said, "How was it? That's good." And every time I go to practice, I would spend some time—not the whole, not the whole event—but mm-hmm. I would encourage them and say, "You're doing fine." And then they got better. I'd say, "Man, you're getting—you're starting to get good." Mm-hmm. Oh, really? I said, "Oh, yes, you really are." But it was just being patient and letting them know that you're gonna make mistakes. It happens. Yeah. So, and I said, "If you, if you go to Milonga, somebody asks you to dance, just say, hey, I'm a beginner.' Most people mm-hmm. are pretty understanding, and and they'll keep it simpler." So I always kept it simple. I didn't try to show off with them. Just kept it simple and helped them with a walk. Or ask them, what are you working on? And if they were working on, let's say, back coaches, I would lead them through it. See, they could get more practice. That's what I would do. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, in addition to that, I, I want to say that I do too when I see a beginner going, oh, let's dance. He goes, no, 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 you're too good. No, no, let's dance. But what's interesting, as Roy said too, as they get better, you know, that person gets better it has been my experience that they always come back to me and tell me you were the first one to ask me to dance you know and because of you I'm still here just that that little detail that we may not think is is that much but it has a big impact to the other person and I think that is um very interesting you know when I hear that I makes me feel good that I did something you know for that person you know and also for the beginners we always tell them you know go to practice practice among yourself or 
go to the milonga with a group of people you know, because that's the next step for you mm -hmm. to get better in your dance. So that's also part of for the beginning good good sort of uh kind of related to that as you know many people who are into tango i think this is sort of a universal truth of tango communities everywhere is that you tend to get a lot of perfectionists and real people who are, who are very self-critical i mean on the one hand they're motivated which is great but on the other hand they may be so kind of in their own heads that they may be afraid to really um, spread their wings, as it were. So, yeah, what kind of advice would you have for people who, who are perfectionists and who are very, very self-critical? We did have one student, this guy who's coming from Salsan country. He knew his dance, he was good at it, and he knew it. Mm -hmm. Not in a real stuck-up way, but he was pretty good at it. So we tried to teach him a tango, and he gets so frustrated because he couldn't get the step. Mm -hmm. and, so guy, and he was really doing pretty good. So look, you're doing a pretty good job. Just It just takes... All you're lacking is practice. That's all. But he just, he, man, he was just beside himself. He'd get upset. I thought he was going to cry sometimes. Mm. But I kept trying to tell him, look, I'm doing this step, and I make it look easy. I said, but you know how many times I've done that step before I made it look easy? <laughs> I've done it maybe 150, 200 times. That made it look good. But make it really good, I have to hit it a lot. So I said, it's just practice. You just got to keep practicing. It'll get better. Trust me. That's what I tell them. Yeah, and it also depends on the person too. We had another student and she was a, a surgeon, you know, a doctor. And she would get frustrated. And then she would tell me, but it has to be perfect the first time. And I said, why does it have to be perfect the first time? Well, you know, I'm a surgeon, you have to be perfect. And I go, okay, let's stop right there. Let's think about this is not you're not doing surgery right now. What I want you to do in your class is to make mistakes. You're not serving, you're not doing any surgery. So make mistakes. And once she broke that barrier of it has to be perfect the first time, then she was able to dance. So you just have to know how different people you, you have to know how to talk to different people because different people understand different ways, you know. So once you know what you need to say or do to help them, they'll get it. You know, they're just going to click and go, okay, I can do this. You know, so yes. Yeah. Just yeah. be yourself and make mistakes. Yeah. You're going to yeah. make mistakes. <laughs> That's how you get better. Yeah, exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you said, as teachers, we, we've been doing these steps for so long that, yeah, we just make it look easy. And then it's very easy for them to, to get frustrated. But yeah, and then, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll tell them, hey, you know, every mistake you've made, I've made 100 times more. Yes, <laughs> so. yes, me too. Me too. So. Lots, lots of mistakes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yes, it's a so being a perfectionist. I mean, yes, the motivation is good. But Go easy on yourself, my goodness. Correct. That <laughs> yeah. is correct. Mm -hmm. Kind of along the lines with that, uh, you, they say that, of course, we learn from peers, we learn from uh, other other teachers, we also learn from our own students. And that's one of the great things about being Tango teachers is that you we learn from our students. They give us a lot of great lessons as well. So um, in all of your experience of teaching, what are some really important lessons you've learned from your own students? Patience, being creative. Mm -hmm. Uh, to keep them 
keep them moving, you know, so they won't get bored. You know, mm-hmm. you have to be creative, showing them new things. But patience, mm-hmm. a lot of patience. You know, it's like, okay, let's do this again. So, yes, that's for me. What I like that I started learning when I was teaching classes, we feel like, let's say, a couple, and they'd be doing some kind of step or this. I'd be watching and telling them. And then I'd go, you know, if you do that, you can probably do this, this, and this. And I started to say, oh, I never thought about this. I can do that, that, and that. Because I was watching them as they struggled with what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. I learned, that was one thing that I learned. I said, oh, I learned from watching them. Mm-hmm. It taught me something. And it was easier than at, at a milonga. You can watch it at a milonga, but eh, this was, I don't know why in the teaching phase I could, I could pick up a lot of stuff that way. And then after they were gone, heard out. I tried out. <laughs> and I think I had to learn also patience and how to, to teach it. I had never taught anybody or anything. So mm-hmm. I had to learn how to kind of keep calm, encourage them. But at the same token, I, didn't, I wasn't going to lie to them. Yeah. I didn't want to say, oh, you're the greatest dancer. Well, no, but I've mm-hmm. always emphasized. It just takes some practice. Yeah. I did learn a little bit about patience and, and being supportive. Yeah. Yeah, and the fun, funny thing about tango is when when students make mistakes, it's not necessarily like a mistake. More is and that's a step that I that we haven't gone over yet. Uh, I remember when I was uh, teaching the cruzada one time. This may have happened to you as well. You know how normally the follow crosses the left in front of the right, where I had a couple where the guy kept leading the lady, his partner, to cross with the other leg, and he said, "Oh, I'm sorry, that's wrong." I said, "Well, well, no. I mean, eventually you're going to want to do that just for fun, but let's." do it the other way yeah. so yeah just uh for teachers it's kind of I, it's you know I, we don't really say well it's kind of hard to say well that's that's wrong well because there's always it's almost like playing with legos you know there's this yeah. you can just, any every step that you do if you didn't intend it you can always build something out of that so right right that's true you know there's no mistake in tango yeah. you know? <laughs> so in your dance you know if you if you do something that's okay you may use that later on, you know, but right now, let's do this step. Yeah. You know, just have to be flexible. Yeah. You know, also. So. Yeah. So for the both of you, what's your what's your practice routine like? Well, usually what we'll do during the afternoon, she said, you want to practice today? I said, sure. Do you have time? I said, sure, we'll have time. Mm-hmm. So we'll get up there, we'll turn on the music, and we'll just kind of warm up. And then we'll just kind of dance. She'll maybe comment on posture, comment on balance, or she feels like maybe I'm not connected. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten much better about taking it in. And then maybe we'll work on one particular step that, that maybe I'm having trouble with or that I want to do better. And we'll do that for about 45 minutes to an hour because after that, her feet start to hurt and we can start getting like, okay, now I've, I've learned and we've learned not to overdo it. Mm-hmm. Two, three hours can get crazy. Yeah. And then you're just going to get burned out. Yeah. So that's what we've been using. Correct. So sometimes we, like he said, we want to work in a particular step. So we work on that over and over, um, trying to figure out, you know, the techniques of it and things like that. Sometimes we just work on each other's techniques to improve our dancing. You know, I would tell him for 20 minutes, I'm going to be doing this because I want to work something on my technique. Mm-hmm. And then he will do the same thing. And then we go back to the dance. You know, we go back and practice a step or something like that. Because mm-hmm. I think um, techniques is very important. You have to keep working on that because that's what's going to improve your dance. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, we practice about an hour, um, not every day, but almost every day. So. Yeah, yeah. It, it feels great to to dance. I mean, my wife and I we used to just do a dance in the morning before she would go to work, and then yeah, oh, that's it, cool. It invigorates you. Yeah, it's a, it's a really nice way to, <laughs> yes. to start the to start the day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So both of you've done a number of performances as well. So what was your first performance like together? Scary. Yeah. Together, okay, for me, when I was doing performance before him, mm. and it was scary, and I messed up left and right. I mean, <laughs> mistakes over here. I mean, it was it was bad. Mm. It was really bad. Together, I enjoyed it. It was fun. It's fun dancing with Roy. It's, it's nerdy and it's scary, but we work on it a lot. Um, yeah, it was. I, I remember the first one. He, it's yeah, you know, I get self-conscious as it is. Mm -hmm. So to be aware that there's somebody out there, and it, it's hard for me. It was hard to focus. I, my brain was like, okay, I can't even get into the steps or what to leave. So, I mean, I got through it, but it was for me, it was tough. Yeah, I found yeah. it really difficult. Mm -hmm. There was we did a performance, and he was stepping up with just you know, he gets nervous. Mm -hmm. And we've yeah. been working for the choreography for over six months. So that they came to do the performance. And he's like, okay, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. And then he's the day of the performance, we're looking at the stage, we're walking around. Hours before we do the performance, his back went out. Oh no. He oh, no. could not move his back. <laughs> I said, okay, let's let's go get a brace. So we put on a brace on him and we did the performance, but he was in pain. Oh. <laughs> guy. He was but he did a good job. I mean but yeah, things like that can happen. You know, you just have to roll with it. Yeah. See what happens. Wow, that's definitely an unforgettable experience. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I still remember. Yeah, I still remember that day. It was like, oh my gosh. But it was fun. Yeah. So I take it after that, Roy, I think that the performance had probably been a lot smoother. So yeah, just so kind of uh, some advice for other students who are thinking of performing. What's your advice as a, as a leader on, on how to focus when you're, in the, when you're in the thick of it? I think for me, what ha helped me towards a performance we did recently or more recent is to rather than focus on who's out there, what steps I can do, maybe just focus and feel the music. The music is going to tell you what to do, unless it's, a chore unless it's a choreography. But if you're doing something just impromptu, I think you listen to the music and feel the music and just try to forget about the audience. Mm -hmm. I think that makes it easier. For me, it did. For me, uh, I like to go to the place a few hours prior to mm -hmm. uh, where I'm going to perform, look around, and mentally already putting myself there as I'm doing the performance. And then looking in the room, instead of looking at people, I can find a spot that I can look and concentrate on that as I'm performing instead of looking around. Mm -hmm. um, that would help me um, to calm down. To the students, um, I would say everybody's different. Find what calms you down. Tell me what you need to do uh, and do it to help you to do the performance. Mm -hmm. You know, there will be mistakes when you're going to do the performance. You just have to 
figured out, continue moving, continue dancing, that, you know, it's going to fall into place. You know, don't freak out just because you made a mistake in the stage. You know, you just have to keep going. Yeah. So, that's what I would say. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah, so as we talked about before, with the beautiful thing about this dance, there's always something new to discover, new to learn. So, uh, what's something new that you've discovered recently, maybe within the last few weeks or months or, or years? That's, that's kind of a tough one. Uh, I think with what's going on is I think I've learned and experienced it. You can dance almost anywhere. You yeah. don't need a big hall, big fancy place. You can dance in your kitchen, in space in your dining room with some nice music. Uh, enjoy what you have. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you go to events and you may not have a lot of dancers, but enjoy what you have and have a pleasant experience. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the biggest thing for me. Yeah. Yeah, one of the things we do is when we're cooking, as we wait for the food to be ready, we're in the kitchen dancing, mm-hmm. you know, practicing or dancing. But the latest thing I have discovered is enjoy it don't don't be so hard on yourself just uh enjoy the dance it's a beautiful dance you know mm-hmm. just just let yourself go and let like roy said let the music guide you and just be in tune in that moment in time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, instead yeah. of trying to rush it and do 300 steps Yep. No, all you need is three steps, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. so enjoy it, yeah. you know, Just make it memorable. Did I say it? Yay, mm-hmm. memorable. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I like what you said. I love what you said about just not being hard on yourself. I mean, again, as you know, with, with Tango students who are, who really want to be good, you'd be surprised as how how really hard people are on themselves. Even that little that little internal dialogue we have, sometimes it can be really harsh and that never helps in any situation. So, you know, and yeah. as difficult as tango is, I think that's really the time to work on being kind to yourself because, you know, if you want to be good at this dance, you're going to put in the time and, you know, right. you, you don't right. need that. Yeah. And a lot of times, I, you know, as teachers, sometimes we don't really we don't really have to get on our students so much because we know that they're already in their heads kind of doing that self-critical work for us in a sense. So, right, yeah. right. That's true. Yeah, so we, we have to sometimes be that nurturing side. But yeah, it's uh, like I said, depends on the student. But yeah, being kind to yourself and being patient with yourself. Yeah, that's that's uh, something to practice while you're practicing your tango, I suppose. <laughs> true, yeah. very true. Yeah, all right. So what are some future projects or future ideas that you're working on that, that you can tell us about if it's not a secret? <laughs> oh, no, not at all. Actually, we were in the middle of a big project last year mm-hmm. and then COVID-19 hit. Yeah. So we couldn't do it. So we were in the middle of bringing for the first time to San Antonio, Texas, San Antonio Tango Festival. Oh. And we already had three different couples coming from Argentina, from Boston, you know, we were in, we were ready to go. Mm-hmm. All we needed to do was to sign the contract and off we go. And then that's when we got hit with the COVID-19. So everything uh-huh. got on hold, but hopefully we're thinking of doing it to bring, continue that project for 2022. Mm-hmm. So that's our goal to 
bring Argentine Tango Festival here in San Antonio in 2022. Okay. If everything goes well with pandemic. Yeah. So. Yeah, and that's good to, to keep looking forward like that because you know, we, we can't we can't be locked down forever. You know. No. No. <laughs> so. no. I can only take so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so great. San Antonio Tango Festival. That's awesome that you're you're thinking that far ahead. And yeah, I definitely encourage people to go down. San Antonio is a great town. It is a great town. We have the River Walk. Yes. We have the Alamo. So it's yeah. beautiful. We have nice people here. And wonderful food. Yeah. Great yeah. food. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. That's very true. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, where do we find out more about you both online? Yes, you can find us at tangoinsanantonio.com. Okay. And you can find us there. We have the link for Facebook and LinkedIn and all the media platforms. Okay. So just go to tangoinsanantonio.com. Great. All right, I'll have that in our show notes so people will be able to, to look you up. Awesome. All right. Well, Angela and Roy, thank you both so much for taking the time. I know, you know, you're busy, you got plans to make and practicing and, and things to do, but yeah, it means a lot that you took the time to talk to me and it was great to meet you and hope to, to meet you in person before long. Well, thank you so much for inviting us to your show. We appreciate it. All right. That was Angela Avila and Roy Montejano. Fun conversation. And I really appreciated their candid down to earth nature. I liked what they said about practicing anywhere and that you don't necessarily need a lot of space and that we should enjoy what we have to work with. I know a lot of you listeners are aware of that, but it's worth mentioning again. Any creative way of working on our tango technique helps, even if it just involves practicing a few steps in the kitchen while waiting for your food to cook. And I liked how Angela and Roy addressed perfectionism, that we're going to make mistakes and it's all part of the learning process. I know we've talked about this a lot in the past as well. We Tango folks are known to be highly self-critical perfectionists. And as much as I love professional Tango photos and performance videos, I have to say that those create a serious image, and the word serious image I have in air quotes, of Tango that a lot of people feel they need to live up to. And that often exacerbates our perfectionism. As Angela and Roy say, Mistakes are a necessary part of learning tango, and it's okay. Our teachers made the same mistakes we did, only more often. And to add to this topic a little more, let's remember that making mistakes in tango is not indicative of any character flaw. It is possible to take tango seriously without taking ourselves too seriously. So thank you again, Angela and Roy, for sharing your thoughts and for your time. We'll be looking forward to the San Antonio Tango Festival. And as usual, a huge thank you to all you listeners for tuning in. It really means a lot that you've made time to listen to this show. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take a quick moment to subscribe and leave a five-star rating or review. That really helps out. If you've been a fan for a while and would like to help keep the podcast going, you can make a secure donation through PayPal or join my podcast page on Subscribestar which you can find at subscribestar.com slash tangopodcast. Links are in the description. Thanks for your support. All right, you've been listening to Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm Joe Yang, and I'll talk to you again soon.